Well, good morning. It's good to see you today. Let's stand together, if you would, and join our hearts together in worship. Let's lift our hearts, lift our hands, if you want. And let's lift our voice in praise today and just sing to our great God. Let's go. We stand and lift up our hands for the joy of the Lord is our strength. We bow down and worship Him now. How great, how awesome is He. And together we sing. Everyone sing. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is full with his glory holy is the lord god almighty the earth is filled with his glory the earth is filled with his glory we stand and lift up our hands for the joy of the Lord is our strength. We bow down and worship Him now. How great, how awesome is He. And together we sing. Everyone sing. Holy is the Lord. It's the anthem of the Lord's renown. It's rising up all around. It's the anthem of the Lord's renown. Sing that. It is rising up all around. It's the anthem of the Lord's renown. It's rising up all around. It's the anthem of the Lord's renown. And together we sing. Everyone sing. Yeah. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. As we think about the hardships that sometimes we face in life, even what's happening right now on the 
coast and Houston and Lake Charles. It's hard to look at the trying times and say, blessed be your name. But that's what, that's what even Job said, you know, that in the good times and the bad times, I will praise the Lord. And that's when our praise is really the sweetest, is in the hard times. So I know that, like myself, there's probably many in here who are facing hard times even right now. So I invite you as you praise the Lord to do it out of weakness, to do it out of humility, and He will lift you up. In His time and His way, He will lift you up. Let's sing this. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for worshiping today. What a sweet time of worship it's already been this morning. Welcome, church family, to to worship. We are so glad you're here with us this morning at First Baptist Pineville. If you are a visitor, we'd love for you to take out the blue communication card that's in your worship guide. Fill that out, and at the end of the service, if you are a first-time guest, you can go and meet our pastor in the back, and he has a gift for you, um, his book, The Privilege of Worship. But if you have any prayer requests, we'd love for you to fill those out also, and at the end of the service, we'll collect those. Every September, we have the opportunity to take up the offering for Georgia Barnett State Missions Offering. And this year, um, we're going to watch a video here in a few moments, but it's Why Wait? Why wait to tell others about the gospel? All around Louisiana, we have the opportunity through our gifts of the Georgia Barnett State Missions Offering to give and be a part of telling others about Jesus, for they are ready Our state is ready to hear the gospel. Will you take part in that, in sharing the gospel by giving of your tithes and offerings to Georgia Barnett State Missions Offering? Watch the video with me. Disconnected from almost every facet of society because of their, because of their lifestyle choices. There's all sorts of uh, homeless people. There's there's the, the overarching culture of homelessness, but then there's the, the there's these these subcultures as well. Uh, pockets of, of of the homeless, those who who fly signs. There's also uh, just the facet of 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 homeless homeless people that don't do drugs. They uh, they uh, they they drink alcohol. You have the millennial homeless, and they uh, they are happy homeless. And then you you have the uh, pocket of of homeless people who who are here, who are who are homeless because they've lost a job. You have you are what I call I call I sometimes I call them the, the vacation uh the, the vacationers. As I started to read scripture and and, uh, and just get more and more into into scripture and, and began to grow more and more, I started to realize that there's not a church for rich people or people with homes or, or, or the middle class and a church for homeless people and a, and a church for, 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 there's just a church. We moved from uh, kind of Bible study-like um, Sunday mornings that we were, we were meeting in houses, and we we have got to a point where we outgrew the living room. April 9th, we moved into uh, into a, a church building, 
And what we've seen just in the in the in a few weeks, we've seen God just work uh, tremendously in, in, in the lives of of uh, some some of the those who have been uh, coming to our services. Pray with me. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to come and worship you in your house, Father. Lord, we thank you for the Georgia Barnett State Missions Offering and how it is used to go around our state to tell others about Jesus, Father. May we be obedient as we go to tell others about Jesus as well. Father, be with us now in our time of worship. We pray that all that we sing and we say today would honor and glorify you. For it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, it's good to be with you today. Uh, my name is Gordon Butler, and it's a joy to get to worship with you guys today. Um, I've uh, met my wife right down the street here. <laughs> so Pineville is a very special place for me. And uh, losing to college. And... Uh, and we're just delighted to, uh, to get to, to, to worship with you and, and be part of this community in, in a short way. I live in Baton Rouge, and so the storms that are happening right now, uh, I live right outside of Baton Rouge in a town called Walker in Livingston Parish, and we've 80% of our population flooded last August. And um, it's been a hard time where we're at. And yet, as we just sang, God gives and he takes away. And I know um, you're... Many of you in here are no stranger to God giving and God taking away. But we can make a choice to praise Him even in those times. And to know that He knows what's best for us. And so let's just open our hearts to Him today. Open our eyes and ask you to stand as we do that. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you, I want to see you, to see you high, to see you high and lifted up, 
shining in the light of your glory pour out your power and love as we sing holy 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 to see you high and lifted up shining in the light of your glory pour out your power and love as we sing holy 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 holy
You pray with me. Lord, thank you for this church and for uh, the congregation that's here, Lord. Bless the services. Lord, watch over the victims of the hurricane. Lord, help them to uh, get back in their homes and be safe. And the people down there helping them, Lord, help them all to be able to get back home safely. We'll watch over as we go out about our week. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Thank you, Gordon. Did you enjoy that? Gordon calls that living room worship, right? He had talked to me a week or two ago and preparing to come. He said, what if Labor Day weekend we just had a time, just piano and me, just call it living room worship. And it worked out well, especially with the storms this week. The choir wasn't able to rehearse and orchestra wasn't able to rehearse. So they were going to be already... Uh, the choir was going to sing, but we decided to give them the day off uh, with this. Um, just a special time. And thank you, Gordon, for leading us in this time of worship. And uh, of course, we had the uh, disaster this week, watching the hurricane come through over uh, last weekend. And then the thing just meandered around forever and wouldn't move on and, and wreaked havoc on so many people. And um, we've been sending out things in email and on Facebook, but... Um, there's still going to be lots of donations needed for disaster relief, and I would encourage you, nothing to, against Red Cross and some of those groups, but uh, no one, I don't think, does any better than Southern Baptist Disaster Relief, and we have uh, people there right now, uh, Louisiana Baptists are there. Uh, it, it, one of the cool things to happen, and, and Gordon was at Estruma, they were the base site for Baton Rouge last year. It was amazing to drive by uh, Estruma and seeing all of those trucks from just all over the nation there for Southern Baptist, and thank you, Thomas, um, serving. So if you can give, you can do that on the louisianabaptist.org uh, website you can give, or you can give through our church and just mark disaster relief, and we will be sure that that's forward on uh, to Louisiana Baptist Disaster Relief as we uh, take care of those um, who have been so hurt by this. Um, be listening for any disaster relief trips that'll be coming up. I'm sure we'll do something at some point or piggyback on someone else who's doing something, uh, but uh, just so just keep in mind about that. And of course, um, our president has called for uh, all of us to pray and for Houston and all of the areas. Everybody says Houston, but you realize that that is just all of that whole area. And of course, South Louisiana, West, Western Louisiana, so many people affected by this storm. And so I want to begin this morning with a word of prayer for uh, those affected by this disaster. Lord, we come before you this morning and we ask God that you would... Um, Use this tragedy in an amazing way in people's lives. Lord, we pray that you would somehow use this to bring about renewal and, and revival. Lord, it's, it's been great to see uh, people ministering to one another and serving one another, which has been an inspiration, especially coming on the heels of such... Uh, violence and hatred that we've been seeing over uh, weeks before. And so, Lord, we pray that through this tragedy, you might be lifted up. And Lord, that people who have nothing, have lost everything, would look to the only one who is the constant and would find strength in you. Lord, I pray that you will Use this in, in a way like you used it in New Orleans to bring about uh, a lot of renewal and to open up uh, doors for the gospel. I think of people who commented about how even Southern Baptists were there and ministering and still all these years later, you, you've opened doors for Louisiana Baptist uh, all through, uh, through from Katrina and Rita, all through the I-10 corridor and, and into New Orleans. And we pray, Lord, that a similar kind of thing could happen in all of these areas affected by Hurricane Harvey. 
We pray, Lord, for the leaders who are having to make very difficult decisions, who are having to uh, figure out how to carry out business or schooling or um, carry out government services without facilities and without the resources that they need. We pray, Lord, that you would sustain them. We pray for pastors who are trying to guide their flocks and ministering and, and helping everyone to put the pieces back together while their own homes may be flooded or their church may be flooded. And the, the resources and the, the technology they normally use to connect with their congregations may be destroyed. So God, we pray for your sustaining presence to be with folks. God, it's going to be a long journey. As Gordon mentioned, even from Baton Rouge, people are still recovering. And, and Lord, we know that this Houston and, and Texas and, and Western Louisiana disaster is going to take years to recover from. And so, Lord, we pray for your provision. We pray for you to do a mighty work. And we pray, Lord, that you might use it to bring renewal and revival. And Lord, may all of us know how we're to help, not just right now, but even in the weeks and months to come. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to do something right now that I don't think I have done in nine years of ministry here, and that is switch sermons. Um, that's what Thomas was coming uh, to do, was bring me different notes. Um, I had the, the privilege of preaching over at the mega shelter uh, on Friday, and uh, it was really an incredible time of worship, able to be with those folks and to see them move and... and, and um, see them do some things. And, and after Gordon put together the service that we just had right now, which was so much thinking about God being with us in the midst of a storm, I feel like I need to switch to the message that I shared there. So here's what we were going to do today. We're going to do that next week. And uh, today we're going to talk about how do you have peace after the storm. Now, thankfully, we dodged a bullet here. Uh, but as uh, uh, the mayors said at the service Friday, a shift of the wind here or there, we would have been right in the midst of it. And so consider this message a little bit of preventative maintenance that you can file away because there will be a storm come and it doesn't necessarily have to be a physical storm. It doesn't have to be a, a, a weather storm. It could be any kind of storm that comes in life. Uh, take it also as something that you can pass on. I know many of us are, have family that's been affected uh, by this storm. Could you raise your hand if you have children or family members who are, are, have been affected by the storm? Yeah. I mean, look at this. I mean, it's a small world, right? <laughs> so a lot of us have family members who've been affected. So you could share this with them. Um, and so with that group, I'd like for you to turn to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, and um, we all know the story of Jesus calming the storm. And uh, the gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, each tell that story. And we're going to consider that story this morning. And it's a story of victory, and it's a story of faith. And frankly, uh, I got the call to preach uh, or, or to be at the service on Friday at about 5 o'clock on Thursday I got word to actually preach a little bit later than that. And so there was this, okay, God, I need a download. I need a word. I need something to share. And uh, he, I, he said the story of calming the storm. And I thought, that is so cliche. I'm preaching to people who've been through a storm. I don't want to preach the story of Jesus calming the storm. But I'm going to show you what the Lord taught me through this. Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 27 familiar story. 
Then Jesus got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. It's a story of victory. It's a story of a lesson in faith. It's a lesson in trusting Jesus in the midst of the storm, trusting Jesus to calm the storm uh, in Mark's version. When you turn over and read Mark's story, we see Jesus stand up in the boat and then he actually shouts at the wind and the waves. And we see his power. He says, quiet, be still. And I love that because it shows Jesus as, as powerful. Cool it, hush. And the wind and the waves die down. That'll get you excited. That'll get you saying, amen, though none of you did. <laughs> Your faith grows strong when you hear that. And you know Jesus can calm the storm. But the question I asked those folks at the mega shelter the other day who are there because of a storm was this. What do you do when Jesus doesn't calm the storm? What do you do when Jesus doesn't calm the storm? I mean, that's... That's why all those thousand plus people are at that mega shelter. That's why tens of thousands of people have lost their home. Jesus didn't calm the storm. There were people praying, Lord, move it, shift it, do something else. And, and it, it just came and then it just sat around and it meandered and it dumped unprecedented amounts of rain. So what do you do? What do you do? When you've been through the storm and lost everything. What do you do when you've prayed and you've prayed for God to change a circumstance and he doesn't? What do you do when you pray and you pray for healing and it doesn't come in this life? What do you do when you feel like Jeremiah who wrote in Jeremiah 8 verse 15, we hoped for peace but no good has come for a time of healing but there was only terror. What do you do when Jesus didn't stand up and say, quiet, be still to the wind and the waves? How do you get peace after the storm when you didn't get peace in the storm? It's a difficult question, isn't it? Can I trust God to come through? Will he be faithful? Can I find peace? But do you know what the answer to all of those questions is? Can I trust God to come through? Yes. Will he be faithful? Yes. Can I find peace? Yes. The answer is yes. Yes, a thousand times yes. So this morning I want to offer us a word of encouragement and a word of hope that we can take in a storm or that we can refer back to after a storm and it's one that will encourage us. And the truth is when, whether Jesus calms the storm or not,
Peace comes in the storm and after the storm through the presence of Jesus. Whether he calms the storm or not, peace comes in the storm and after the storm through the presence of Jesus. When the Lord led me to this passage of scripture, I I, I did. I, I was like, that's too predictable. Besides, the storm wasn't calm. These people don't need to hear a story about Jesus calming a storm when the storm wasn't calmed. I need another word. But I kept coming back to this and I felt like God was saying, look closer. Look again. And so I did. So let's walk back through the story. It had been a long day of ministry. Jesus had healed a whole bunch of people. He had preached. He was exhausted. And so Jesus and his disciples got into the boat and they were going to go across the Sea of Galilee to the other side. And the trip would only take an hour or two. So it was a good time to relax. Exhausted, Jesus decides to take a nap. While his disciples sail the boat. Now, some of those disciples, remember, were fishermen. They knew about the boat sailing thing. And so Jesus trusted them with what they knew how to do. And he recovered, so was going to go recover so he could be better equipped when they got to the other side to keep ministering to people. Well, while they traveled, a storm suddenly came up. And you know, that can happen on the Sea of Galilee. It's about 700 feet below sea level. The winds sweep down out of the steep ravines around and they can whip up tumultuous storms pretty quick. But Matthew, in this account, actually uses a unique word for the storm to highlight its intensity. It's, it's, a, it's a, a treacherous kind of storm. It's a word that could be used for an earthquake. And so it sounds to me like this was a tre- treacherous storm, a tremendous storm, not unlike a hurricane. This was a serious storm. In fact, Matthew says the storm was such that the waves swept over the boat It was taking on water. It was a scary situation, even for the men who were seasoned fishermen of that very body of water. And and, and don't miss that. This wasn't some of these guys' first storm on the Sea of Galilee. But we find that they're freaking out. Drenched with rain, they're bailing water. I can't bail it fast enough, Peter. Tossed by the wind, they, they grab ropes. Hold on, John. This is crazy. James, where's Jesus? I don't know, but we're going to drown out here. And all of them freaked out. Every last one of them was petrified. And where was Jesus while everyone else was freaking out? (laughs) Sleeping. Now don't miss that because... That's what God made me see anew. The storm's raging, the men are freaking out, and Jesus is sleeping away. The disciples go to him. I imagine if the boat's going like this and water's going, lightning, thunder, surely they had to shake him up, shake him, right? Because if he wasn't shooken awake yet, I imagine they run in there, Jesus, wake up, we're going to drown. They scream frantically. Matthew says, they said, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Now, I don't know that they really thought Jesus could really do anything. They just hoped he could do something. There really wasn't all that much faith in their cry as much as there was desperation. And so, 
They're, they shake Jesus awake. And Jesus' reaction is amazing, especially the way Matthew puts it. They shout at him. They've woken him up. And Jesus asked them a question. You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Now, as I read the story, Jesus is, is still lying down. The boat is still pitching wildly. The rain and the wind are still lashing violently. The boat is taking on water. The boat's continuing to sink. And Jesus doesn't jump right out and say, Oh my goodness, we've got to get ready. We've got to do something. Let's start bailing water. You get this, you get... He doesn't freak out. It looks like he just kind of leans up and says, You have little faith. Why are you so afraid? The storm's still raging. The waves are still crashing. It was a teachable moment. Why ask this question then? Frankly, why ask that question at all? Why are they afraid? I mean, really, Jesus? Any idiot can read this story and see why they're afraid. But Jesus asked the question before he gets up and rebukes the storm. And as I took another look at this story, that's where I stopped. And I found myself asking, why was Jesus so easily napping in the storm? And why did he rebuke them for their lack of faith before he calmed the storm? Do you think it could have been... Because they were going to be fine no matter what. Because Jesus was with them. Even if Jesus slept right through the whole thing. Some people say Jesus was sleeping because he was exhausted. And, and yes, he was tired. We get a picture here of his humanity. He's totally, totally worn out. But, but as I look at this story, I'm thinking, look, I mean... Even if you're slap worn out, when you're on a boat in the middle of a hurricane, you're going to wake up. But Jesus is calm and at peace even in the midst of a storm. Whether he calms the storm or not, peace comes in the storm and after the storm through the presence of Jesus. If Jesus is at peace in the storm, you can be at peace in the storm. And you can be assured that the king of creation, the Lord of the universe, is always at peace in a storm. What's more, if he's at peace in the storm, it means he'll last through the storm so that he can be with you after the storm as well. There's a song that says... Sometimes he calms the storm, sometimes he calms his child. I'd never heard that, but Rebecca mentioned it as we were talking through this message. Sometimes he calms the storm, sometimes he calms his child. Even when Jesus doesn't calm the storm, remember that the one who can calm the storm is the same one who will pick up the pieces after the storm and calm you. And you need him to do that. You need his peace after the storm. Jesus didn't shout, be quiet to the storm this week, but he can speak peace over to everyone now. Y'all know that song that brings such 
comfort in times of struggle, it talks about his wonderful peace. We sing it from time to time. You can sing it with me now. Peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever, I pray. In fathomless billows of love. That's what you need after the storm. The peace of Jesus that comes from the presence of Jesus. Now I think Psalm 46 is a mirror passage in the Old Testament to what Jesus does here in the New Testament in commanding the storm to be calm. The psalmist says in that passage, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in a time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. I mean, that is a picture of everything falling apart. Even when it's at its worst, even when everything is falling apart, even when all hell is breaking loose, even when we've lost everything, God is our refuge and strength. Because whether he calms the storm or not, peace comes in the storm and after the storm through the presence of Jesus. The psalmist reflects then on the goodness of God in that psalm. And down in verse 10, there's that famous point where God says, be still and know that I am God. I've heard that uh, explained several different ways. We have this awesome chaos that's happening in the psalm, and then we have this statement from God where he speaks, be still and know that I have God. And I've, I've heard people explain it to where the be still is a command to the storm. Be still, and then the next statement is to us, turning to us and saying, and know that I am God. And it may be that way. But it could be a be still. There are times when that be still is commanded to the storm. And he does tell us and know that I'm God even in the midst of the storm. But there's sometimes when that command is simply turned and spoken to us in love where he does say, be still and know that I am God. Either way, peace comes through the presence of Jesus. Jesus was with us, he is with us, he will continue to be with us. Whether he calms the storm or not, whether he calms whatever storm you're going through or not, you can have peace in the storm and after the storm through the presence of Jesus. As I was thinking about this message the other day, I, I thought about... Um, another old worship song that talks about the Lord's presence. I think you know it too. It says this, in his presence there is comfort. In his presence 
There is peace when we seek the Father's heart. We will find such blessed assurance in the presence of the King. The Lord brings his peace through his presence. The whole time while I was preaching the other day, there was this black lady just right over here and she was talking back to me. None of y'all been talking back to me today, I noticed. But she was like, yeah, in, after, peace. I mean, she just punctuated everything. And I was like, could I bring you back to church with me? She'd be over there. She was, yes, yes. Tell them, tell them. I got to talk to her afterward, Miss Justine Jones Samuel from Orange, Texas. She'd already been in two different shelters before she was in that shelter and was probably having to move to another shelter. But she was seeing her time in those shelters as a time of ministry. She was talking to people, pointing them to the Lord. She came over, she said, Pastor, this lady right here, she's just rededicated her life to the Lord. We got to talk to Miss Jerry about that. Peace can come in the storm, but a lot of times it comes after the storm. So wherever you may be today, whatever you may be struggling with, trust Jesus. You may be fretting, you may be freaking out. Jesus may be calm and at peace. Draw from him. Trust him. He can bring that peace that passes all understanding. Let's pray together. Lord, someone needed this simple message today and I pray, Lord, that you would write it on our hearts. We thank you, Lord, that when we're going through storms, you're right there in the midst with us. Lord, during this time of invitation, we want to be sensitive to to what you're calling us to do. And there may be those today who need to trust you as their Lord and Savior. There may be those who who need to make this your church home. But, But I feel specifically that you want us to all just evaluate our relationship with you. Whether we're in a storm now or not, whether, in the, whether we're in the time right after a storm or, Lord, we may be preparing to get into a storm we don't even know that's coming. We pray that right now today you would draw us closer to yourself as we evaluate our relationship with you. God, we seek you this morning and we ask that if there is a storm we'll go, we're going through today that we just lay it down at your feet and we trust you. We would have faith. God, it's hard sometimes to let go of the storm and to trust you. But God, the only way that you can bring peace is when we do that. So Lord, whatever the storm may be, we lay it at your feet today and we ask that you would bring peace. There may be some that need to pray where they are. Some may need to come forward to kneel and And pray here. Some may need to come pray with me. Whatever it is, Lord, we give you this time. And we ask that you would move and bring your peace. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. As we stand and sing, seek the Lord's face now during this time of invitation.
Take 